This is the Courtesy versus Carter podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Lancaster, with my daddy, Lee. Courtesy versus Carter, Chapter 4. Happy Thanksgiving, Jimmy! As soon as tractors were back in their barns, Plans were being made for tractor caves throughout the rest of the state. Downtown Albany witnessed a tractor cave on the same day as Statesboro rally on November 5th. The next tractor cave was seen as a practice run for coming events, hitting four farming towns in a row, Reynolds, Unadilla, Perry, and then Hawkinsville on November the 12th. The demonstration started with a rally at the old Unadilla High School gym, and it was attended by about 2,000 people. Among the speakers was Gene Short, one of the American agriculture movement organizers that had come from Plains, Kansas. He had been invited to speak by Tommy Kersey after hearing him talking on the TV in the Midwest. Dozens of tractors started out Friday in downtown Reynolds and they kicked off the tractor cade. The farmers then drove the tractors to Unadilla to camp overnight. The group headed up 41 Highway the next day for a meeting at Perry High School. They didn't want to jump on 75 at that point. They wasn't quite ready to get on to that just yet. And Tommy Kersey addressed the crowd telling them, now is the time for farmers to organize to demand fair treatment from the government. And then when all the tractors were in line, the whole bunch drove single file down Highway 341, right down the middle of Sam Nunn's pecan orchard, right in front of his house. And they joined farmers from across South Georgia at a rally that they called Farmers Appreciation Day in Hawkinsville. As far as you could see, in downtown Hawkinsville, there was tractor cabs from every farm in that part of the state. The four-lane Commerce Street in downtown Hawkinsville was completely covered with tractors, and they were parked nose-to-tail from Houston Street all the way to the old uh, Taylor Hospital building. They came from Wilcox County, They came from Dodge County. They came from both ends of Highway 26. They came from Cochran and from Elko. And the tractor cade had about 500 tractors, and there was 1,000 farmers that made the trip. And they held the rally on the lawn of the Pulaski County Courthouse. Tommy Kersey told the group, We're the strongest group in the country if we stick together on this. What we're going to do is this. We're going to take the key to America's food and put it in our pockets. Then they'll have to come to us because they'll have to. Kersey said final plans were being made to invade planes the day after Thanksgiving as a practice run for a drive to the state capitol on December the 10th. He said, we plan to take 10,000 tractors to planes to show Jimmy Carter how we feel on this. And then on Saturday, December the 10th, we're going to carry as many as we can straight to Atlanta up that interstate. 
we're going right on up and talk to some people about doing something about 100% parity. If some neighboring farms didn't cooperate, he told the crowd that they would be boycotted, but not going to burn barns, shoot wives, or slap mothers-in-law. Tommy Carter spoke to the group and told them that Secretary of Agriculture Robert Berglund planned to meet with the farmers in Statesboro the following Wednesday, November the 16th. The Farmers Appreciation Day activities didn't all go quite according to plan. They had a greased pig contest that they were planning on having, but the greased pig slipped out of his pen and disappeared prior to the contest. Before the meeting with Berglund could take place, it got pushed all the way into December and passed the proposed strike date. And they also changed where they were going to meet. They decided to meet in Ashburn in the afternoon and in Millen the next morning. On November the 16th, there was between four and 500 farmers in Waynesboro, and they had met from all over the place, and they voted to support the strike. At the same time, there was 100 farmers at Walton County that met in Monroe, and they voted to support the strike. A rally in Savannah on the 19th didn't have as much support from the local government. The rally was planned to be held at the Savannah Civic Center, but somebody else got there and rented the parking lot out from under them, and the tractor cage started out at the Savannah State Farmer's Market on 80 and traveled on all the way to a side lot where they had to hold their rally at the Savannah Welcome Center. And the farmers, they were not happy when they got there, but they just about had a fit when they found out who had rented the parking lot out from under them when Herman Talmadge got out of the car. And Oliver Odom, a farmer from Metter, told a reporter in the crowd, I want you to tell them we took a back parking lot to hold our meeting, but that's the way politicians look at farmers. We took a back lot, and we took back seats, and we took a back street to get here, but come December 14th, tell them if Congress hasn't done nothing, they'll come hunting us up because they got the power and the money, but we got the food. After a delayed flight, Talmadge came over to the visitor center and met with the farmers who were gathered there and tried to make peace. Thanksgiving Day was a busy day throughout South Georgia. Farmers gassed up and headed toward Plains. There was a rally going to be held the next afternoon on Main Street right across the railroad tracks from Billy Carter's gas station right in front of Hugh Carter's antique store right across the street from the Carter Peanut Warehouse and just down the road from Jimmy and Rosalind Carter's house. Thomas Carter described the trip that he took with his daddy on a tractor headed toward Plains. But I can remember riding, we had an international 766 and daddy had the duels on it. And um, I rode on the fender of that tractor um, from Alma to Plains. Good Lord. Um, all the way, yeah. Well, what what kind of tractor was it that you had? The 766 International. So that so the 766 you drove 
From Alma to Plains, no trailer or nothing. Alma to Plains, Georgia. I can remember this, Lee. I remember um, my mama and Winston's wife, Sarah Miles, and, and other of the farmer's wives coming in trucks and cars, and we camped. We camped somewhere between Alma and Plains. Uh, probably had to camp a couple of nights, but we, 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 we camped in tents. And um, I remember Mama pulling up, seemed like, and she had the uh, she had a fish cooker and a big, the big, the big fish cooker, the pot. It was a big. Uh, Daddy always had a big old pot. Mm-hmm. Or a, uh, it was a black iron that he always fried fish in. But um, I remember eating breakfast that morning and them, them scrambling eggs in that thing. And then they had another fish cooker with a big pot full of grits, you know, and. Uh, they had a bunch of eggs and grits, and hey, hey, everybody coming by and getting them a plate. Here to Plains is, uh, I know one thing, it's a long way on a tractor. Uh, I didn't ever think we'd get there. <laughs> uh, let's see here, I can look at my maps. Plains, Georgia, is 123 miles from Alma. We go through Douglas and up through Osceola. But I can remember us doing that. We camped in a little small place on the side of the road there, it in, in, seems like. And um, I just remember eating eating eggs and grits and, and all that morning and then cooking them. Right there in a little, a little field, a little grass. It was a little pasture-like thing off to, the, mm-hmm. off to the side. I talked to a farmer that made the trip to Plains the other day named John Nutt. He had a farm over around Butler, and they drove into Plains. There was several of them in a line, and they got to a point where the highway and the railroad tracks parallel each other, and one of the boys wasn't watching what he was doing, and they stopped in the road, and one of the tractors hit another one and knocked him onto the railroad tracks, and it hit him so hard that John looked around, and he thought, that the train had come and hit them and knocked one of the tractors into the railroad tracks. The next morning, the Southeast Georgia group got an early start and met other tractors. Some folks say between four and 10,000 tractors parked on both sides of Highway 280 and in front of the hospital on Hospital Street in the fields near Plains High School and the hospital and just to the east of the water tank that had been painted red, white, and blue, and right in front of the Carter peanut buying point. The tractors from Unadilla drove straight to Plains that morning while the farmers from around Perry had met at the Bledsoe airstrip on the Marshallville Highway at 7.30 and left there together headed towards Plains. A group from East Georgia camped overnight at Altry Rowland's farm right there close to the Georgia Veterans State Park at Lake Blackshear on 280. And the nine-mile stretch of road between Americas and Plains was a constant stream of equipment with the first group arriving in town at about 10 o'clock. Along with the thousands of tractors that came there was 20,000 farmers and they flooded the area from the outskirts of town and Main Street into the main highway. 
The rally was set up in the middle of town with a stage made out of a flatbed semi-trailer and set right under that red, white, and blue sign that reads Plains, Georgia, home of Jimmy Carter, our 39th president. The banner still hangs above the Main Street storefront where Hugh Carter's antique store once was on the west end of the main row. Highway 280 and Main Street are divided by the Savannah, Americas, and Montgomery line of the railroad, and then there's a patch of grass called Logan Park. When the Bacon County group arrived in Plains, Tommy Carter told his son to stay put and guard the tractor. And they decoyed you, trying to get get you to move with an ambulance. They, they was they was an ambulance, seemed like that. Yep, they was an ambulance, and they was trying to get the tractors to move on, the farmers to move on them tractors, and and uh, wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had that street blocked off, and it was somewhere around. I couldn't tell you where we were at in Plains. I know Daddy was speaking somewhere there in the city, and. Uh, I, I, I always heard that they thought Jimmy Carter was at home then, but they was trying to they was trying to get I guess where they could talk to him, but uh, that didn't happen, you know. Senator Hugh Carter, the president's cousin, gave the official welcome to begin the rally, but he wasn't thanked by the crowd, and he wasn't very welcome. I just want to tell you that Jimmy Carter understands your problem. In my opinion, he is in complete sympathy with you just as I am. The reaction he received was not favorable and it was not subtle. Gerald Richardson spoke to the crowd saying the American consumer has got to find out where his food comes from. I've heard talk of using food supplements if the farmers strike. Well they don't seem to know that food supplements are made from soybeans. People have their priorities all out of order. The consumers think of their homes and cars and a big swimming pool first when they should be thinking of their food first. The biggest reaction from the crowd in Plains was for Tommy Carter, who introduced himself as a broke farmer from Alma. He went to great lengths to let them know he was of no relation to the Carters of Plains. During his speech, he asked everyone to join the farmer's strike set to begin December 14th. He told the crowd that he was not going to buy anything and he wasn't going to sell anything during the strike. And he went on to criticize the USDA, the EPA, and he even went so far as to criticize OSHA. Tommy Kersey followed Carter and informed the crowd of the plans for the next rally on December the 10th in Atlanta. We plan to take 10,000 tractors up there and park them on one side of the city to the other end of the streets. And if we as American farmers don't stand up now, American life as we know it won't exist in 10 years. We are here not because we want to be, but because we have no alternative We love our land, we love our life, and we have to fight for it. Oliver Odom also made a trip from Metter, and he spoke after Senator Hugh Carter, and he told the crowd, Senator Carter's got the cart before the horse. We don't need them. They need us to feed them. It's time to do something, 
If you're a farmer in the state of Georgia, you're broke whether you admit it or not. What we're going to do is shut them out of groceries and see what they do then. During the rally, the farmers heard a new song from George Lester. He was a regular performer at the Family Inn on Thomaston Road right off 475 in Macon. The place that he used to play at later on was called Scarlet Carson's. And he was a retired firefighter from Warner Robins, and he was playing with a band called George Lester and Company. He had been watching the farm protest on the news at home, and then he wrote a song about it. And when he had it the way he liked it, he called Tommy Kersey and sent him a demo of the tape. And Kersey called him back and invited him and the band to perform at the rally in Plains. And the song was known as We Ain't Had Much Luck Yet. When you plant your crop, you got to wait for the seed to grow. When the crop comes up, you ain't got much to show. By the time you get to market, through all those middlemen, them bills, they come around again. The crowd loved the song so much, they played it two more times that afternoon. And they were also invited to perform in Atlanta at the Fulton County Stadium when the rally was held in a couple of weeks, which they gladly accepted. There were some dust-ups and some scuffles in the demonstrations. There was a few crop dusters that flew over to town several times, and there was a huge 8430 John Deere in the middle of town that a state patrolman tried to stop, and he jumped up on the steps of the tractor, and the 8430 articulates. It breaks in the middle, and when you how you drive it is when you turn it, the hydraulics bring the tires together or apart. And so the the driver turned the steering wheel and made the front and the rear tires pinch together as the state patrolman tried to get up on the steps. And when he when the tires come at him, the state patrolman bailed out of that tractor like a skydiver. And the front wheels of the tractor proceeded right through the middle of what was described to me as a Japanese flower garden in the downtown area. And it took a while, but they had to replant it because there was no survivors in the flower garden. There was a lot of rumors that the Carter family was home during the rally, but news reports stated that they spent their first Thanksgiving at Camp David in Maryland. The president's brother and mother also didn't make an appearance, but Jimmy Carter's sister, uh, Gloria, was seen in the crowd, and she had a We Support Agriculture Strike hat, and she was also in the crowd with her husband, Walter. Jimmy Carter's mama decided that she was going to spend her time out of sight at the pond house just south of town. There was danger involved with the tractor cave as well. Unfortunately, not all the farmers made it home that day. We had a guy work for us, because this is sort of a sad part of the whole thing, but we had a guy work for us, and I was trying to get my wife to try to remember the name, 
um, but his dad was an old guy, and he had on a pair of overalls. And I remember, I remember that he, he, he wore overalls, but he, he wanted he wanted to drive it. And we had a small John Deere tractor, and I think it was one in, in Plains that uh, he was driving it, that tractor in that tractor cage, and he got hit by a drunk driver and killed. Uh, broke the tractor in half and killed the old man. Well, it was in the daytime. I don't even know what time it was, you know, because it just, uh, he was, I didn't even see it happen. I was, he was, he was, he was in the tractor cage somewhere. And I was up somewhere further up, you know, uh, ahead of him. The man who was killed was a retired lieutenant colonel in the United States Air Force. He was hit in downtown Unadilla after returning from the rally in Plains at about 7 p.m. There was no proof of alcohol being involved because the blood sample drawn from the other driver was destroyed at the hospital. When interrogated by the GBI and asked why the blood sample was destroyed, the responsible party said it was a judgment call. The lieutenant colonel was laid to rest in Arlington National Cemetery after he died from his injuries on December the 5th. <laughs>